Hello and welcome to this episode of We're Not Effing Historians. I have made a resolution to stop swearing. Hazel, you can keep swearing if you want, but... I absolutely fucking will. You're Hazel Hayes, I'm Shane Todd. This is a podcast all about Irish history, right or wrong? Correct, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. You alright this week, Shane? Yep, I'm alright this I'm recovering from St Paddy's Day. Tell you what, man. Whoa. Big day. Big, big day. When I say I had M, but somewhere, let's just say, let's just say for talk's sake, <laughs> hypothetically, yeah. I had somewhere between two and four pints. Oof. And we'll leave it there. Oh, I can't claim. drink. Big I can't claim. drink anymore. I can't drink anymore. I don't like it that much. I don't love you can't let being on. drunk. Yeah, if you're Irish, like you can't let on you don't no. really love it. No. I pretend I love it, but I don't really love it. I think I'm at the age now where I have just started being honest and saying to people, actually, I it's not it's not my bag. Yeah. Yeah. Two two glasses of wine and I'm drunk. And I, I, and that's enough for me. I love it after a show when someone Instagrams me and goes, Man, we're going to a party someone I don't know, man, we're going to a party in a warehouse if you fancy tagging along. I'm like, I'm gonna try and get home for the second game of match of the day. <laughs> Alright bro, you've just done the SSA arena in Belfast. Do you wanna to go to do you wanna to go to your party? My uncle owns a club, but no, I wanna to go to bed. No. I haven't wanted to go to a club since I was like eighteen. Well, when I did a few weeks ago now, uh Les Square Theatre in London and you mm. came to the show. Yeah. And then me and my mate Dave, who was on before me, me and Dave were in London for the night and we did want to go to GAY, but we just tired ourselves out and we didn't make it. <laughs> We said that because we were saddest story. We were out with younger people, and we said, "Listen, who are an indie band?" Um, we said, <laughs> "We said we want to go to GAY," and it was they were like, "Well, not now because it's nine o'clock." And we went, "No, everyone goes Be out kicking this off time. in a few hours." Yeah, yeah. And at about one, we were like, "Right, is that us?" And they were like, "Yeah, let's go to GAY." Me and Dave got a tuk tuk to McDonald's. <laughs> We got a tuk tuk, and Dave said to the driver, "This is the banter a couple of Irish lads in London have." He said, "Hey, mate, I'm French," and then proceeded to speak with a French accent. There you go. Wow. There you go. This episode, like me and Dave, is about a man from Ireland. Yeah. That as, man. As so many of our episodes are. That man is called William Brown. William Brown. Does it ring a bell? Not in the slightest. William Brown was also known as Guillermo Brown. Guillermo? Mm-hmm. Was he from South America? Nope. But that is where most of this story <laughs> takes place. He is probably the most well-known Irish person to have made a name for himself in Latin America. He was the first admiral of the Argentine Navy and a highly respected and victorious leader. He was Admiral William Brown. He influenced Argentina more than any other... It says any other immigrant from Ireland, but he influenced Argentina more than nearly... Anybody Anyone else? Anyone in the whole I swear, world. I swear. I'm going to tell you about his background, but it's, it's accepted that Ar- Argentina, as a nation, had two founding fathers. Some guy called General San Martin, who led the Argentine army against Spain. We're not interested who in him. Who gives a shit? We're not interested. Tell us about the Irish. And club. William Brown, an obscure Irish merchant sea captain. Let me take you back. He was born in Foxford, County Mayo, 1777. Good year. It's a solid year. We don't know a lot about his childhood. Some people say that, oh, he was raised uh, very poor as a peasant in Ireland. That just adds to the story. We think, me and 
my fellow historians that probably his dad was was actually nearly royalty because uh, the thing his dad was called George Brown. He was listed as a resident of the town of Foxford, but they say he was a revenue collector and he was related to the Westport Browns, Marquis of Sligo and Lord Altamont. So these guys knew the way around a pound note. <laughs> but we don't know loads about his childhood. Um, but yeah, it helps the story that he was a peasant. He came from nothing. Let's he, go with that one. He probably didn't. Um yeah. So he ended up going to Philadelphia, I think, America, anyway, with his dad. Yeah. And something happened and he, he got separated from his dad. Okay. And as a young, don't worry about that, but as a young man, he uh, the, there was a rumor and I don't like spreading gossip, but his dad, George Brown, might have had an illegitimate family. All right. They were always at that. Always we at had it. that one with the sexy lesbian pirate as well, didn't we? Yeah. She just got carted off to America and then it was a whole separate family. People were always were just getting carted pretending off. Pretending she wasn't his daughter and all this kind of stuff. What are you up to, lad? I don't know. Let's just say that uh, William Brown found himself on some docks in Philadelphia where Admiral Lord Howe of the British Navy, whose daughter took a bit of a, a fancy into William, um, he took pity on this boy that was mm. aimlessly dandering around some docks and oh, he said, listen, Jesus. come and work for me. I'll get you a place in the British Navy as what's called a midshipman. Mm-hmm. Now, don't ask me what that is. Midshipman, no relation to Harold. They say that William worked for him for a while, learned a little bit about being in the Navy, had a little bit of training. And in the 1790s, William leaves the Navy He's got a bit of education in this, a bit of background. Uh, he went to work in merchant service. So that's a little bit like, you know, coming up in the civil service and then going to work for a private company. Yeah. A bit um, more dough to be made there. They think he was a mate on a British merchant ship, you know, like, you a know, mate. I'm your mate. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your, I'll be your mate. Who's that? That's my mate. He's, he, was, he was everybody's <laughs> mate. But uh, he got captured by a French corvette uh, during the Napoleonic Wars in 1801. Isn't that a car? <laughs> it is, but these ones were amphibious. They could, meaning they could also go in the water. Okay. He was like jailed. Like that one in James Bond. Exactly. It was being driven by Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Um. Anyway, he found himself jailed in a in a French prison, and to escape, he dressed as a. This is classic. Oh, why are they always doing this? He dressed as a fucking woman, didn't he? No, he dressed as a French prison Uh-oh. officer and just walked out. <laughs> How stupid were the guards in this much prison? Much worse. <laughs> But he got captured again. He was jailed in a fortress uh, and he befriended another prisoner, an English colonel who was called Clutchwell. And together they escaped. I love Clutchwell. that. Isn't that class? Don't I'm going to escape with Clutchwell. Clutchwell. Oh, Clutchwell. What do you think Clutchwell looks like? I think he's really <laughs> lanky and dopey. Oh, that's so funny. I think Clutchwell. I think Clutchwell's like a short dumpy character with one of those little twiddly moustaches. Oh, and who's, he's got a little handbag. Who's that? Old English actor guy who looks a wee bit like a pig. Jesus fucking Christ. He has a little thin moustache. Oh, I can't say because that'll be sly if we yeah, identify yeah, him. Yeah. But there's a guy who could definitely be him. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he he's like in and out of jails in, Fran- in France and him and Clutchwell escape. He returns from France and res- resumes a career in the British merchant fleet. Mm-hmm. He's voyaging to places like the West Indies and eventually he becomes the master of a ship. Which is something like it's a it's I mean, a big deal just, back then. He was just a little filthy rat boy on the sh- on the on the docks, and it, now he's a master of a ship. That's a big deal, um, especially the at the time the British merchant fleet was a big deal. 
Big deal. Big deal. Big promotion. Did he send a letter back home and just say, lads, I'm, I'm doing well for myself? Yeah. yeah. He's killing it. The, mam- um, the mammy's telling everyone in Mayo. He, the mammy's out at church telling them all, oh, he's the captain of a ship now. He gets in with a family called the Chitties, the which t- sounds a bit like Shitties, but isn't. And also Titties. Yeah. Great. In 1809, he marries Eliza Chitty. No, he didn't. Yeah. And uh, it's agreed that any daughters they have um, through marriage are brought up in her religion, which is Anglican. And if they have sons, they'll be brought up as Catholic. Why? Uh, Why? Just like they just wanted a bit of fucking tension at dinner time. I think her family insisted, because her family um, are like master mariners and privateers in the port of Deal. So they, they seem like, speaking of Deal, they seem like a big deal themselves. So this is something in Irish history as well. All marriages came with loads of caveats. Yeah, what is this? It's like a weird game show. It's like it's not hard enough. Yeah, I'll no tell you what we'll do is we'll make some of our kids one religion and some of them another yeah. and then mealtimes will be fucking a great hoot. Yeah. Or you have to jump over 12 walls and kill 500 guys or like cut off your hair or like why just marry them it's exactly. difficult enough as it is exactly so him and his new wife decide listen we need to make some dough we need to make some dosh we need to set ourselves up for life and he hears a lot about uh, Argentina specifically River Plate uh, the region in Argentina there's apparently a lot of riches there it's an up and coming place it's somewhere like that like, exactly or, or Putney <laughs> I just, I don't know what that, I don't know what Putney is. I don't know. But right, like, so Hutney is a vibrant place. There's things to do there. He hears Argentina is the place to be. They go and visit the River Plate region before settling there in 1811. Now at this time, Argentina is attracting a lot of Irish immigrants. Something I've never, never heard about. I didn't know that. 50,000 Irish people went to Buenos Aires in the 18th century. Never knew this. 50,000? Yeah, yeah, Given yeah. the population at the time, that's quite a big... That's pretty much all. Just one guy One guy called Kevin stayed behind. <laughs> Kevin McAllister, ironically. Yeah, weird that. <laughs> I would like to hear from any descendants of Irish immigrants in Argentina, please. Yeah, that'd be class. I would quite like to hear about your ancestry and, and the people went over there. I didn't know that. No, me neither. Uh, but William arrived there 1811 in a captured French ship renamed Eliza right nice touch pretty cool she follows him over and his intention is to make a living trading from Buenos Aires to Spanish and Portuguese ports he's a brilliant (laughs) seaman (laughs) but he is he is he's like the top guy (laughs) he knows how to navigate uh, in the river plate uh, which is known as being really treacherous because it has shifting sandbanks and uh, it's just a nightmare to navigate but he's really good at it he develops regular sailings for the first time on the north bank opposite Buenos Aires which is now Uruguay he's essentially mastering those waters that no one's been able to do now by the time he gets to Buenos Aires um, where the ship actually gets totally wrecked but the cargo gets saved (laughs) the proceeds of the sale of the cargo allows him to buy another ship oh handy and in this time the, the people of like Buenos Aires and its city have declared their independence, I think from Spain, but please, God, don't fact check me on that. <laughs> Spain has a big naval fleet at Montevideo, at the mouth of River Plate. So I'm just setting up who's, who's where here. Yeah. And they've got a detachment 
based on an isle that controls the mouths of the Uruguay River. Now, the trade that Buenos Aires does is being cut off at both ends of <gasps> River Plate. By the Spanish? By the Spanish. Oh, and our boy, Willie B, yeah. he's continuing the trade, but he's getting harassed all the time. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. He wins a reputation, though, as a really formidable guy that's able to, to run the gauntlet. He's getting the, he's getting your cargo up and down. He's like Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon. Never seen it, but yes. Okay. So anyone from Argentina, any Argentine ship that's trying to trade is running into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Brown, who already at this point is a top boy in Buenos Aires. People love what he's doing. People are like, this guy knows what he's at. We like him a lot. They like his style. He's asked to get together a bit of a group. Bring some boy like the, what do you call that thing? Not the Undateables. When all the action guys got together. Stallone. The Unbreakables. No, not the Unbreakables. The, the un- Finn, do you know? Ageables. The Expendables, thank you, Finn. Finn. The Expendables, not the Undateables. <laughs> God knows what you say would be in that situation. But just for the sake of this podcast, could we say he got together a band of Undateables? He got together what he called the Undateables. Yeah. And and together they took on the Spanish. Kind of, because up until this point, Argentina didn't have a navy. So they're like, mate, go and get a wee navy together. And they want him to lead a campaign to just smash this blockade and open up the water for Argentina again. At first, he goes, listen, guys, thanks, but no thanks. It's not me, it's you. I would love to, but I've just come to Buenos Aires to make a few pound. The wife's on the way. Exactly. She's a mayor. head down. It's like he's been asked to join a new five-a-side. He goes, guys, I'd love to. Yeah. I don't play anymore. Still got the boots, but... Yeah he, yeah, he basically says, look, my wife's coming. Uh, I prefer the quiet life and I want to be a farmer, actually. And in the end, uh, the people of Argentina, he sees that they're having like a tough time. And he also apparently like is seeing an opportunity for himself. He's like, listen, I could do I could do a job here. So in 1814, he gets together like a navy. He builds a force with a big converted Russian merchant ship named the Hercules. Okay. They've got people from a dozen nations, loads of Irish guys on board. All right, so there's going to be a bit of crack. There's going to be a few pints. Yeah. And in March, he destroys the Spaniards, Martin Garcia Force, and captures that island on on the River Plate, that strategic island. In March? In March. Shall we just say it happened on Paddy's Day? He did it on Paddy's Day. did it on St. Patrick's Day, the absolute lad. Now, you know that we're chronological fat guys, Hazel, but... Oh, yeah. Can I just tell you a thing that I don't know where in the story it happened? (laughs) Yeah. Do you like that? A little fractured narrative. Let's just throw this in. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying, but it's hard to say, mm-hmm. this happened as soon as he got to Argentina. He was involved in a bit of a shootout with the Spanish when he was in Argentina. He just got to Argentina. He's on this ship. Okay, so he's fighting for Argentina. They're fighting the Spanish and the Spanish are cannonballing the ship. They're attacking it. The ship he was on was damaged in 80 places. That's so many places. So many places for a ship. Arguably too many places for a ship to be damaged. The ship runs aground. Yeah. What does he say to the boys? Do retreat? No, he does not. He says, keep firing throughout the night. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm personally going to go and patch up every part of the ship. And then we're going to go and fight again. He used leather and tar. And he himself, even though there was fire, he got his boys to cover him. And then he's gone out there. 
and he's patched up the entire ship. And as soon as the tide comes in, it lifts the ship. They go back out there, fight, oh, and win the fight. Oh, my goodness. This guy is from County Mayo, and he's in Argentina in the River Plate, absolutely <laughs> demolishing the Spanish. I can't believe He might be one of the biggest ledge bags we've had. Apparently he had a bad temper. I there's always a something, but he has to. There's always something, but Jesus Christ, that's the least of the things we've had to put up with on this podcast from, exactly. from the men we've talked about. I think I think I'll allow him a bit of a bad temper, actually. Now this story keeps getting cooler and cooler, but what I think we're going to do just before we go do a little break, yeah, is drop the podcast anchor. Oh, switch your engines off and just take a minute. Lovely. Welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Not the kind of doctor who'd be able to help much if you were having like a heart attack. But if you're wondering about quantum physics or the theory of matter, he's your man. Well, probably. Every week we're asking a new puzzling question from the world of science and discovering the answer with the help of a world-leading expert. Like, will we ever talk to animals? They are definitely talking. You know, that's, again, a word that I would qualify because we usually mean that vocally. But in their own ways, they're talking to us every single day. Are face transplants the future of cosmetic surgery? Given that range of what's considered attractive, there's probably no point wanting to change your face to be more attractive if you follow science. And should we fear an alien invasion? If an imperialistic drive brings and other civilizations to us, then obviously it's not good news. But if it's scientific exploration, it may be good news. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the weird, magnificent world around us, then this is the show for you. Eureka. Subscribe now and find us on Twitter at EurekaPod. New episodes every Wednesday. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. And we're back. Hazel, we're talking about William Brown, we a.k.a. Are. Willie B. Guillermo Brown. <laughs> what are you, that's what I want to know, Hazel. What's better, William or Guillermo? I mean, personally, I would rather be called Guillermo. Yeah. It's much sexier, isn't it? Yeah. It's a much sexier name. Do you think back in those days, as an Irish person, do you think you would have been content in Ireland, knowing what we know, which is Ireland got invaded every third week? Usually by Vikings and stuff like that. But then you you say that, but then he went all the fucking way to Argentina just to put up with the Spanish. But that's what I'm saying. Would you have stayed in Ireland or are you an adventure? Would you have gone? Would you have gone to somewhere like Argentina to seek fame and fortune? Maybe 20 years ago. Now I'd probably just settle down with a You'd cup of tea. You'd be happy enough. I'd be happy enough yeah. just to sit in my wee cottage looking out at the Atlantic Ocean. But you're the equivalent. Like he, he went to Buenos Aires to seek fortune, you know, as a, as a, as a shipman. Really, and you've come to Are you, London. You can compare this to my journey to London. Yeah, you've sure. come to London to, to seek, fame to seek fortune, fortune as an author. It's the same thing. I suppose. Arguably, I could have done that in Ireland. Yeah, easily. <laughs> if anything, easier. Oh, and by the way, you should be back in Ireland. It's so much cheaper. I know. Not Dublin, though. Dublin's a nightmare. Yeah. So, what about Foxford and County Mayo, where William Brown's from? I would love we to could get, we'll get you a place and We'll get you a place in Mayo. Yeah? You want to you do that? Can we get a realtor? Any realtors listening? Can we get Hazel a two up, two down oh in God, Foxford? Just a wee little cottage to go write my book. I would love that. William Brown. William. He is being talked about as the next Drake, and I'm not talking the hip maker from Canada. <laughs> Are you talking about 
Francis Drake. I'm like... talking about Francis Drake. I'm not talking about Drizzy. <laughs> Do you like Drake? Sure. Come on. We've no. had this conversation before. He's I, good. I don't dislike Drake. I don't dislike Drake. He's running through the six. Yeah, probably. Running through the six with his woes. Big sh- Can we give a big shout out to Drake on the We're Not Fucking Historians <laughs> podcast? Bro, you ever want to come on and Can shoot we? the fat? Imagine he just like loved talking about the famine in Ireland. He's like, guys, I'd love a platform. Imagine he offered to come on and talk about the famine. I'd like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Drake before him, William at this point goes on a raiding expedition against the Spanish colonies on the Pacific coast. So he went over to Argentina for a quiet life, yeah. make some money to farm. He's he's on a raiding expedition against the Spanish colonies so on the Pacific now, coast. He's left Argentina to just go raid a bunch of new Spanish towns. He's built this navy. He starts off with him. a horrendous voyage uh, around Cape Horn. But then once he gets settled, he just, oh my God, he pulls his Spanish pants down <laughs> and gives them a smack on the bum. He plays havoc with their shipping. <laughs> he captures different ships. He captures the... Galapagos Islands, yeah, all different animals, and you know, all of them. Animal people, animal people love that. There's all sorts there. He captures that because it's really strategic, and um, the, he lands supplies, and he's able to get propaganda for the rebels against Spain into all these different places. Oh, nice! So he's got support in all the places yeah. he lands. Why are the Spanish so unprepared for this guy? I don't know. I Jesus. think they were taking a little siesta. Yeah. That lasted a Do bit too long. you think they were long. expecting a, a cushy little job and then this fucker came out of nowhere? Yeah. A bit like the Ukrainian president who, P.S., absolute fucking ledge. Yeah. Just a little shout out to him there. Just shows you comedians can step up and Tell step you what, dance. they really can, Shane. Yeah. Um, William Brown steps up, he becomes a legend in Argentina because Argentina didn't even have a navy before this guy showed yeah, up. Yeah, this is amazing. Um. Now, he's become so much of a legend that he was capable of being in different places. Oh, one of those legends. Yeah. Cool. cool, cool. Between September 1815 <laughs> and January 1820, there were 14 sightings of him recorded in places hundreds of miles from where he actually was. And arrangements for defences against him were made in places where he never proposed to go. So it's one of those ones where it's like yeah. William Brown's been here. He's coming here. We saw him, you know. He, the Phantom. He, exactly. Right. But when you think about it, as you mentioned, so often they did not have photographs then, nor did Experts they have. Experts say. Nor did they have the internet. So really, any bloke could have been William Brown for the purposes of any particular mission. Yeah. You stand the guy at the top of the ship. You put a little hat on him. You're in the distance. You're always in distance anyway. Who the fuck knows? It's just some bloke on a ship who's like, oh, it's Willie B. Yeah. Scatter, no. sketch. Now things are going well for him at this point. <laughs> you see him on shore. Are they? But in 1816, <laughs> when he's returning from a voyage, a British warship found him oh, and forced him to dock in Bridgetown, Barbados. So the British accused him of being a pirate, even though he was this like admiral of the Argentine fleet. Um, he gets hauled before a corrupt colonial court and Hercules, uh, his ship, along with all the spoils from the Spanish prizes that they've taken, get seized. Eventually, he makes his way to London with, uh, you know, the Chitties, his yeah. in-laws. The shitty shitty bang bangs. They help uh, appeal the sentence and he's got a long complicated legal hearing. Eventually he regains a little bit of the treasure that he had Mm -hmm. but not a ship. This famous ship, the Hercules, the British keep it. Fucking Brits at it again. And I'll tell you what else pisses me off. What's that? Is sometimes we have stories where, you know, people do battle 
they go to war, someone gets shot, someone gets stabbed, whatever. And it's all fairly like this person won, that person won. We're entering into a lot of like legal battles. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so much more boring. They drag out for years. Someone took the boat. Oh, they let him get away. Someone else had to stand in court and give fucking testimony. This is not fun podcast fodder. Yeah, stop doing courts. Should we just, should we just not? Like, should should we just, when it comes up in in the research and in future, just maybe we'll change it to a little fist fight? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, he had a fist fight and he... A little dance off. Maybe a little dance off. He lost, but he survived, kind okay. of. He okay. pulled out the robot. He was doing the worm. <laughs> yeah, much better. So he got like, I think they said, ah, you can keep, uh, keep this bag onions. Yeah. And this gold coin, but we're keeping the rest. He eventually gets back to Argentina and he's probably Good. buzzing. Gonna see the wife, put the feet up for a while, but oh. he has to face another trial. He had sailed in 1815 for the Pacific uh, in spite of a message from his political superiors telling him not to do that. So at this point, he's getting a bit too big for his boots yeah, in the words in the words of Stormzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting way too big for his boots. Yeah. He, I'll quote Stormzy. Yeah, I, I see. I man, know that. Man trying to say, say he's better than me. You literally Tell my man, shut up. only quote musicians and rappers. So he, he's getting a bit too... He's giving it to Billy Biggin. <laughs> They're saying, don't be going to the Pacific. He goes, oh, what was that? Didn't hear you know, Bad signal. Yeah. He goes to the Pacific. Um, he maintains that as a commander of the Navy, he had he had the right to take his own advice do and do, do what it, basically. Yeah. Basically. Um, the prosecution demands a sentence of death. Death. For what? For, For sailing when he wasn't supposed to sail? I think they realised he was uh, he was such a legend. There were <gasps> probably people were jealous of this, yada yada. The court decrees that the confiscation of the remains of the treasury took in the Pacific are kept, uh, which like ruins him. That would bankrupt him. Yeah, exactly. And that he's dismissed from the Navy. And he gets so depressed. Dismissed from the Navy of undateables that he created. Exactly. Oh, that's pissed me off. He gets so depressed by this, uh, by this outcome that he actually attempts suicide by throwing himself out. Let me see if I get this right. He throws himself out of a three-story building. That's not high enough. I know. Because all, all that happens William is, break your leg. what does he do? He oh. does the old Shane Todd special. He breaks his leg. <laughs> and can I just say, that's not how I did it. I did a plinth football. Yours was much more pandy-ass, oh, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Three stories. But yeah. Well, they didn't have really high buildings back then, no. did they? That's a skyscraper back then. Maybe a, a tower would have done it. Yeah. Like a a, ca- a turret. Yeah. <laughs> but there was no the turrets available. Zero turrets. So he just broke his leg. Um, oh, for fuck's but sake. But in that time, he gets back in favour. Okay. He's still a popular hero in Buenos Aires and loads of like leading public figures stand by him and say, listen, mate, keep a head up. Mm-hmm. You are a legend. The people <laughs> love you. Get that leg sorted out. Yeah. You know, and and look, let's just get you back. Let's just get you back. Hashtag doing what you're free doing. Willie was doing the rounds, much like the Free Britney movement, but exactly. funnier. In early 1826, Argentina declares war with Brazil, oh. which is now separated from Portugal. Um, Brazil inherits some of Portugal's like vast navy. Portugal were everywhere. Everywhere. Um, <laughs> while Argentina had been reduced to just a few gunboats. Not a coincidence that, you know... Oh, gunboats. I thought you said gumboats. I was like... Yeah, they went they a weird way with it. Gun. They were doing a hubba-bubba run across the Pacific. 
But is it any coincidence? Our boy comes over from Ireland, revel- builds you a navy, revolutionises it. You have him jumping out of three-story windows. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your navy falls apart. Who do they go crawling back to in their hour of need? Billy Big Bollocks. Ireland's own Billy yeah, Big Bollocks. Yeah, they do. He makes night raids, he evades blockades like he always does. He that ca- all rhymed. Doesn't it? That's so cool. <laughs> he made night raids. He, I'm turning into Drake. Yeah. He made night raids, he evades His blockades, blockade, he captures yeah. merchant ships and likes oranges but doesn't like pips. Yay! Uh, on other occasions, he tricks Brazilians into grounding their vessels by his perfect knowledge of the channels between the plates intricate maze of sandbanks so he goes that's the second time you've mentioned fucking sandbanks in this podcast and I can't tell you how boring it is you know like a sandbank get on to the cannonballs and the war February 1827 he wins the most decisive victory of his career up the Uruguay up the Uruguay fuck off up the Uruguay (laughs) fuck off I keep this if you take this out I swear to god up the Uruguay river where the whole Brazilian river fleet was destroyed. Eventually, they agree a peace, September 1828, by which time Brazil and Argentina recognised the independence of Uruguay. That year, 1828, our boy gets appointed governor of Buenos Aires. Oh, huge. He sorts people out in public health, education and finance. And he, he actually resigns when the people want to govern themselves. He goes, no worries. Yep, no worries. What a complete ledge bag. Yeah. More of that. More of fucking leaders who lead and do nice things. And then when the people go, actually, we're good now, they go, all right, yeah, thanks, it's been nice. And they fuck off. He That um, wasn't directed at anyone in particular, of course. So he is letting the people govern themselves. That doesn't work out. In 1829, a dictatorship emerges, General Rosas, who we hate. Oh, fuck off. We hate him. And he, he really wrecks things and uh, in the early years of his rule William's living quietly in Casa Amaria sure which is a house he builds he's, he's he's doing a little bit of farming he's got shipping interests he's taking Lovely. it easy but oh. things take a turn by the oh. late 1830s Britain, France and the United States claim that their interests in, in, are in the River Plate area and they want to start to muscle in so by 1841 there's going to be like a little bit of a war and what does General Rosas do? This is like an 80s action film. He goes back to Billy. Oh my God. He gets called to service for a third. His wife must be fucking livid. Yeah, he keeps telling her he's retiring. He never is. After an initial victory, he had to surrender to the combined British and French forces. He'd finally bitten off more than he could chew, but he retired as a complete ledge. They think that he might have gone back to Ireland, back to County Mayo. Oh, that's nice. Records are sketchy on it, but I mean, we like to think that. Let's decide that he did. Brought the little fan back, did he? Yeah. He, he loves Ireland. He decides he wants to go back and he wants to bring Foxford a little bit of financial relief. So he might have taken money back to the to the place where he was from. And we love that. And, and even to this day, Argentina has hundreds of streets, town squares avenues, buildings, whatever, named after him. They're all called Billy Big Bollocks. They're called Billy Big Bollocks Avenue. Billy Big Bollocks Square. He's got four football clubs named in his honour, including Club Atletico Brown. Uh, in 2006, a statue was unveiled in Dublin's Docklands of him. Because we, we wouldn't really know, you know, he's obviously far more I known in Argentina. I have never heard of this guy. I genuinely, he is one of the first just 
solid good blokes that we've had. The Wolf Tones wrote a song about him called Course, Admiral William they did, Brown. And I bet it's an absolute banger as well. And uh, his grave is a place of pilgrimage in Argentina. Very quickly, who do we get to play him in a film? Pierce Brosnan. You like Pierce or what about... Why do you always say Pierce Brosnan? Why do you always name people who were big in the 90s but are now like basically retired actors? Yeah. Like Pierce Brosnan maybe in the later years. I know who we go for. Who do we go for? Calm Meany. Also kind of an older right. man now. Colin Farrell. Sure. We'll get Farrell in? Yeah, Coddle Faddle. Lovely. I think this is a great story because... If we ask people in Argentina about him, they they would probably know. I genuinely would love to hear from people in Argentina. <laughs> Imagine we just get a fucking pile of emails. Like, 80, 80 never emails. heard of him. Never fucking heard of him. Hello at nothistorians.com. <laughs> Our Argentine friends, let us know what's happening. Dear not historians, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. You have a right goal. Billy Brown. What a, what a, what a glow up. Billy Brown. You start as from William Brown. Little, from a little wee scamp on the Guillermo. docks. Guillermo. Guillermo Brown. What's my name in Spanish? I don't know. Anyway, do you want (laughs) to uh, tell people how they can get in touch with the show? I would love to tell people that. Yeah, so absolutely drop us an email. And if not, you can find us on the socials. I'm the Hazel Hayes. He's Shane Todd of Shane Todd Comedy. You can rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a wee little message. Leave us a little comment. Let us know what you think. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. Do you, I've just googled how to say Shane in Spanish yeah. uh, it just translates the same Shane yeah so boring so uh, thank you very much for listening <laughs> we will be back next week with another episode you can go back and listen to all the previous episodes yeah if you're feeling a little starved of our time and attention and companionship until next time just remember <laughs> we're not fucking historians we're not fucking historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.